Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Keith Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. We have another Southern Spitfire in the studio today, just much prettier than Chad. Um, uh, just welcome, a little. Welcome to <laughs> Tiffany I Hendra. do shake sometimes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How are you? Yeehaw. Here's the funny thing. It's nasty raining outside in Dallas, but yet Tiffany and I somehow came dressed (laughs) as 100% bright as you can possibly. You could not miss us. You cannot miss us no matter how (laughs) thick that rainstorm is, I can tell you. so. You came uh, correct. That's for sure. Yeah, we brought it. We brought it. So um, second shot, just for the new people here, what we do is like take your headlines, and we like to take the headlines and not even get into them. More so, we want to try to figure out how do we take a second shot at those headlines on our business, personal life, or or anything to kind of bring some tips or, or traits of things that maybe can help others that are going through it. Um, Love it. And today we've got uh, our special guest, Tiffany Hendren. What we'll do at the end of it on the third segment, where we typically will take some listener um, emails, is really get to know you a little bit more. Awesome. Um, let you tell our audience about you and some of the things you have going on and, and coming up. And so uh, remember, secondshotcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or any things like that that we will take and address for you. Secondshotcast at gmail.com. Make sure and share this with your friends. Leave us a rating and review. That's what helps other people find it. So I was able to call my good friend Tiffany to coming on here, and I was able to meet Tiffany, I guess, how long? Was two years ago or so, maybe? I think so. Yeah. First and of all, thanks for having me. This is yes. fun. I'm glad you're I here. I love that I can bring my twang out because your twang will always be a little bit stronger. <laughs> yeah. It's almost impossible for it not to come I know, out around gonna me. This is going to be fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, and, and Tiffany's husband, Aaron, is a phenomenal um, artist as well. And, and I love Aaron. I've always told her I had a man crush on Aaron. I just thought he was such a great guy. Aaron I and I have always clicked in, in a big way as well. So how, how did you two get to know each other? Because when you sent me an email and said, hey, I got a guest coming in, Tiffany Hendra, I was like, well, that's got to be a typo. <laughs> <laughs> well, they well, know each other. Yeah. Jenny. Yeah. All right. My wife. Sure. He's okay, but her, his better yeah. half. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jenny and I were in a, what was it, 10 Most Influential Women of yeah, Dallas. Yeah, that's right. And I loved it because I was just getting to know women in Dallas, and she and I were sitting on the bed in a hotel room waiting, waiting to get our makeup done. And she and I were just hanging, and I just, I am an energy person. Yeah. She was just cool and calm and real, and we just chatted. And I really didn't know much about her. I don't know if she knew much about me, but we just clicked as girlfriends. Yeah. Not as, oh, you're on Fox 4 and yep. on TV, not as I'm on a reality show. Yep. And we became fr- instant friends. And then I got to meet her husband, yeah. and Aaron and I. And then in whirlwind, yeah. you guys, yep. like, in a blink, got married and have had yes. beautiful <laughs> yes. Brightons. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I definitely dress like my daughter's name. Um, (laughs) It's true. Now it all makes sense. It all adds up. So we got our first one, and I sent Tiffany this headline. She was like, I don't know anything about football. I'm like, remember, it's not about the headline. But I'm not a good Texan. I admit it. Sorry. (laughs) Here's the headline. (laughs) I know I'm supposed to be a football person. Georgia Tech needs strong finish to bolster bowl prospects. Basically this. In college football, you miss one game or lose two. You're, you're almost out of the running. Like you, The only way you can make sure that you control your destiny is by not losing a game, not having one mess up. Georgia Tech needs an extremely strong finish to make sure they can try to get into a bowl game. Okay, I'm trying so, to listen, but I'm hearing... Wah, oh, yes. uh, yeah, I'm in the wah, same boat. Wah, I struggle wah, with the college football. Who was that Snoopy's teacher? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's actually a good one. Like, okay, but now, I'm trying to focus. Now, here, now here's mm-hmm. the interesting thing is that there's a lot of these teams... 
that planned on being undefeated, that were always the perennials, that have lost one or two games. And honestly, if they won out and some crazy things happened, they could be in it. Some coaches are able to keep their teams going forward and, and keep fighting hard, even though there may not really be a shot of them getting in the national championship. Mm-hmm. Some don't. Some they just tank. That was my question because as a coach, I coach women. I did play some sports. I was a cheerleader. I mean, you're in Texas. You're raised to be a cheerleader yes. and to play football. That's yes. I think what yep. we have a little bit of competitive spirit as Texans because, yes. you know, and pageants. The girls want to be in, you know, pageants. They want to be Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. So does it, does it go back, fall back on the coach and his performance, how great he is, and pulling out, like, the grit and personal power on each well, you said the best Player. word there, I think, which is grit. Um, I, I always believe everything rises and falls with leadership. And, and and if you're in the leadership role, you always have to take the ownership. I'm reading the book by Jocko called Extreme Ownership, mm. which is really good. He's ex-Navy SEAL. And, and it's extreme. Ex- yeah, like extreme that. ownership is is really cool. But but I'm talking but more so, too, is how many times do we hear people think the successful people – are the ones that had it all easy. And and I want to talk about our listeners that are on here going BS. A hundred percent. I call BS on that. <laughs> we ever there's a lot of people probably listening that feel like the odds are stacked against them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody who's been successful, the odds have been stacked against them. Mm-hmm. Some have figured out to grit, some have not figured out grit. And it's funny because when you said the word grit, I, I wanted to read the actual definition because it's interesting. Grit. And not the grits that we make for breakfast no. in yeah. Texas. No, no. <laughs> so, Delicious. Not quite that, though. What, what the, actual defini- the, the actual definition <laughs> of it is small, loose particles of, so- of stoner or sand, courage and resolve, strength of character. Um, he displayed the true grit of a Navy pilot. So courage and resolve and strength of character. I love that. So I love it. Now, how can people get grit? How, how can you help people? Like, if there's a lot of people listening right now that have the, the odd, they feel like the odds are stacked against mm-hmm. them, and they feel like it's everybody who is successful, they never had that going through it, but they, but everybody did. So how does somebody get grit? How can somebody's in a position they don't want to be in right now, and they feel like there's really not a shot, how do they stay motivated to just still forge forward? Going back to what you just said, when – First of all, I think everyone is born with a certain level of grit. Mm. And the human spirit is freaking amazing. We have this inner strength. Yes, some people learn to develop it and really sharpen their personal power. Nelson Mandela, when you think of the people that were under, I mean, extreme, extreme odds, and they overcame the people. I mean, so many people. I could list, you know, so much. But grit, you said People are saying, oh, look at all this I have against me. Look at the obstacles. Mm -hmm. To me, it's about focus. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? And if you're focusing on all the obstacles, you're going to crumble with it. It's going to be so overwhelming. You have to shift shift your focus. You know, but people don't believe they can control their mind. And I think that's the biggest misunderstanding. Yeah, again, BS. You 100% control Mm -hmm. your mind and thoughts. If you get up every day and you think about, well, I'm not making any money. Well, I'm not getting the shot at that promotion. And I've got family drama all the time. Trust Listen me. to your self-talk as well. Yes, that, that's what I'm it is. All you're doing is saying negative. Yes, I'm, and it's called t- hashtag Tiffermation. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I put them on Twitter every once in a while because affirmations truly helped me change. I was from a negative family. The mindset was mediocre, and I had to make the decision to change my focus and speak positivity over my life. And, and those two things right there will do. Here's wonders. what people say, though. They always say, well, yeah, Heath, I'm talking about 
besides all that stuff you're talking about, corny stuff, right? They all think it's corny. And I go, it's funny because it works. That's what I, like, like it's, they ask, that's what I do. My wife and I have our grateful goals board and we walk Mm -hmm. out to make sure we think about what we're grateful for, what our goals are. I listen to nothing but Ziggler and nothing but Mm -hmm. podcasts of positive stuff. But then these people want to sit over there and act like that's just corny stuff. But yet that that's is exactly why they're sitting over wherever they're sitting, looking yes. at the wrong things. I mean, so right now you can make those changes because I, like you said, you didn't come from the environment was 100 percent no. positive. I mean, I grew up in an environment that wasn't really negative, but it, it, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was overly positive, but it wasn't negative. Mm-hmm. But yet I just knew that I wanted to I, I knew that I had to figure out a way. Yeah, at it. And it starts with that belief. You have to believe. Belief. And grit, though. You've got to have that strength mm-hmm. of your character, which, mm-hmm. speaking of that, we're going to get into probably on the next next uh, bit as well when it comes to character. But your strength of your character and to forge through is the key. Yes, integrity. You, and here's the biggest thing. You can do it. You 100% have the ability to make a decision and change in your mind and control your mind, not your mind control you. Your mind ain't that smart. You still run the thing, okay? So yeah, don't forget that. so true. Coming back, we'll be on the second segment of Second Shot. That was a good one. I like that. See, you know football. (laughs) He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Hey everybody, it's Chad here, and if you know anything about me, you know that I read a lot of books, at least three to four a week, and there's one that I've read several times. It's by my buddy, Heath Oaks. It's called Ignorance on Fire, Failing Your Way to Success. If you want to have your life changed in your business, in your relationships, in the way you look at the world of success, you need to pick up Ignorance on Fire. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book, leave a review. I promise you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. Ignorance on Fire by Heath Oaks, Failing Your Way to Success. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. You know, it's so nice to be in here today with the, the bright and the cheeriness that we got going on. And, and, and I love talking. Are you just talking about our clothes? Oh, yeah. And I love talking <laughs> the football segment and everybody else in here is like, uh, what is going on? Now, so this next one, I think, is going to be, this is a very hot topic at the time. Oh, it's a hot and, topic. And there's a lot of things that I believe that come to this that... Um, Tiffany and, and I got my both are going to come I got some four cents, so. maybe well, in five. Right. R- read us this headline, Zach. Nicola can throw out this. Yes, why Aaron Sorkin refused to write a crude Nicole Kidman sex scene. For anybody who's not familiar, Aaron Sorkin is a screenwriter in Hollywood. He wrote A Few Good Men, Tom Cruise, uh, The Social Network, David Fincher, The Newsroom on HBO. Anyway, he's got a movie coming out called Molly's Game. comes on the 25th. Shameless plug. And he was doing an interview with USA Today, and somebody asked him about maybe some of his writing experiences in the past. And he, he recalled a time when he had to write a crude, or was supposed to write a crude sex scene for Nicole Kidman on a movie called Malice, came out in '93, starring Alex. Uh, oh gosh, Nicole and this Kidman is and this Alec, was, Alec Baldwin. That's this it, was yeah. probably obviously brought up because of all the stuff going on in Hollywood, right? right yeah, and, and he he talked about he wanted to talk about how he didn't he didn't pander to it, and so it was kind of early in his career. He had just done a few good men. It was kind of his mm-hmm. first big movie, and and he was writing for this movie Malice, and the director decided at some point after after the script had come out, you know what? I think it need I think it needs a it needs a steamy sex scene. Uh, so he asked him to go back and write it, and Aaron Sorkin didn't want to do it, but said, okay, here, here's what I'll do. So he goes back to his hotel that night, and he writes four pages of banter, where they're, you know, the two characters are bantering at a restaurant or something, and then they, they go back to the apartment, they fall into bed, cut to the next day. Easy. And the director says, no, 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 no. that's not going to work. Uh, you know, 
I want you to, to write a scene. He says, well, okay, what, what exactly do you mean here? What, where, where are you coming at this from? Like, what do you want? And he said, I want you to sit down with a typewriter, and I want you to write what you'd like to see Nicole Kidman do on screen. Ugh. Right. And and this was like his second big writing job, and Sorkin said, you know what? No. I, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. Like, that's twisted, and I'm not, I'm not about that. Um, uh, yeah, not and, gonna, but not he obviously happen. since then has still gone on to be integrity a, with a capital I, right? Like, clearly successful, we and he still has clearly been successful. But early in a career, doing saying yeah, yeah. no and standing up with it, you know, obviously there's so many things that can be pulled from this. Well, and from from my term hashtag, one of my deformations is use your lady balls. Mm. And like from a <laughs> from a women's perspective, like it's like use your lady balls. But he used some balls. Yep. That was ballsy. Yes, it was. Yeah, stood yeah, up and said no. Stood up. Yeah. Now here's the thing: how many times, uh, you know how some people go? Well, you know, if you're doing um, uh, the wrong thing for the right reasons, I, I just don't believe in that saying. I don't know if there's such Does thing. That, no. Is wrong thing. I don't believe that. I don't subscribe to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I no. never have. I've never understood the wrong thing for the right reasons. That, that doesn't make no, sense. No, even people say, well, you know, I gave you, I, I said a little white lie yeah. to help you. Or, yeah. you know, I, I, I changed my verbiage because I wanted to just, you know, I didn't want to make you feel bad or whatever. Have you ever had those situations like in, I mean, well, especially, you know, I, somebody like yourself, right? A very good looking woman. You oh, well, come up you. in the modeling world, you know, <laughs> you had to have times that things came across that were putting you on that brink of your integrity and your character. And oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. and people that are out there now that are maybe working in, in with businesses and and maybe having to do things like their boss may be saying, hey, cook these books a little bit or cook this and that. Oh, you know, there's a ton of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Where is that line? What are some things that can really be? when you know there's that time to kind of, you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Right. But, I, but but what time do you go? Are, are there any times where it's kind of like, you look, no big deal. This is my job. I got to do it. But going back to character, you mentioned character earlier. And, you know, I like I said, integrity. And when you I am in I'm, this big topic keeps coming up with women right now and not letting ourselves down. So we want to please everybody. We keep our word to, hey, if I said I'm going to be there at 7, I'm there at 6.58. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We keep our word to so many people, but we're not keeping that to ourselves. We're letting ourselves down. Yep. So when you fall, compromise just a little, and and you do that thing that's in the gray area, you have to live with it. And I'm sorry. you. I love being sleeping peacefully at night mm -hmm. and you know, I've had ulcers in the past and I am, I am very open book, transparent. And I have done those things, especially living in LA for mm. 16 years. I was a bikini model. I was a lingerie model. And I, I went well below my integrity level many, many times. I've done auditions where the casting director said, well, you know what? We need to do a body check. Can you strip down to your panties? Mm -hmm. And I wanted the job so bad that I did it. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I had the self-love and the confidence and and the integrity kind of like level. what he did was like uh -uh. <laughs> yeah right yeah i mean i and i have friends that did mm -hmm. they're like hell no sorry no can you get a female maybe a female to come in or whatever and i didn't and and i had to i had to i had to own that and deal with it for a long time but, and forgive myself for making those decisions well and here's the best thing is just because that happens doesn't mean you can't ever bounce back in, in what we do all the time and in the business world is so filled of nasty people that, that will tell and do whatever it takes to get business or do any of that. And my dad always had a strong thing that, remember, son, your last name's mine. 
I am so glad you said that because with the show, Real Housewives and all of that, we just went to Australia recently and Aaron's family is so wonderful and I bear his last name now. And not only would I not want to continue to put myself on a public level on a platform where I dishonored God, Mm -hmm. but hell no, I'm not going to dishonor the Hendra name. Yep. My dad always said, your, my last, your last name is mine. Yes. Don't forget it. Yes. And, yes. and, and I think in today. Some people don't think about that. Mm. No, not. I don't care. I, you know, character and integrity and, and who you, st- you got to find out what you stand for. And I think in the personal world, you know, we, we were talking about it earlier. I think if people are in the dating world, a lot of times people will get wrapped up. Maybe they have just a strong attraction to somebody and then they overlook all of the things that are not. Um, mm-hmm. kosher to what they believe and how it is, but they you just have this strong attraction with that butterfly stage, right? Mm-hmm. Like that goes away at some point. So you need to make sure, don't overlook the things that are important to you. Right, especially if well, you Well, because are... you and your husband, Aaron, for instance, y'all are on the same way. Like y'all are both positive people, just like Jenny and myself as well. Mm-hmm. And you and Aaron have the strong foundational pieces are all the same. Right, and I didn't, I, I dated so many guys they were great guys, but we didn't have the same spiritual beliefs. And I knew in my gut that this was not marriage material. But yes, like you're saying, I stayed with them yeah. because I was desperate and I wanted to be in a relationship. And if I loved myself more, and that's when I started on a journey. When I met Aaron, I had been single for the first time for about a year and a half yep. and started really working on myself yep. and getting focused, refocused on the things that I believed in. What does Tiff believe? What 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 am I going to hold myself accountable for now? Well, Instead of just dating whoever and, you know, partiers, bad boys and all of that. It's funny because if you on paper, Jeannie and I would not be a match. <laughs> I mean, we're literally the furthest from being a match on paper. I love how you always say you married up. Oh, absolutely I did. <laughs> I I'm telling that. you, I married up like a champ. <laughs> But you took it. You got a guy who who's a dyslexic. They can barely read and write. And I got married a journalist. <laughs> you know that's that's, that's a, awesome. an Idaho girl, East Texas guy. I mean everything about us on paper, except for the most key fundamental parts. And that's <laughs> striving for a good mm-hmm. to be a good person, a good example, doing right, and having the integrity, having our faith. Those foundation keys are what are absolutely, absolutely so in line mm-hmm. that. Everything else doesn't matter. And I think it's important. What I think is most important part of it when it comes to knowing what that line is, is you got to know what the hell your line is. Yes. You know, too many people don't know what the hell their own line is. They don't. And when, when you're talking about marriage and people marry because it looks g- great on paper yes. and it's like a business transaction. It's the worst thing in the world. I'm sorry. Those are all the people that are getting divorced. Yes. You cannot do that. No, you can't. I mean, because like I said, on paper, we would be complete opposites. But it, you got to know your line. You, do. you you know, I clearly know where my character, my integrity, and where my moral compass line is. Mm-hmm. I had a father who made sure I had, had that instilled in me at a very you're early age. Okay? Mm. Yeah, there was no yeah. uh, wavering from that. And I think that today's world, too many people don't know their line. You don't know what you're willing to cross or not. And so I can't tell you what it is and isn't because you got to know that for yourself. Well, you're grateful. Be grateful because a lot of people are not raised with mm-hmm. a strong father figure that can instill that in them. Yep. So that's why people like us, motivators, I coach women, a lot of them, they don't they can't talk to their mom. Yep. So they don't know they don't know what their line is because it wasn't instilled in them. Yep. And know? and it's the most important thing to do is hurry up and find that line. Yes. Don't you think? Like, Absolutely. Like you gotta know what you're willing to cross and what you're not willing to cross. Yes. And 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 to me, 
my name and my reputation is what all I got. Well, and, now you're and, a father. Yeah, well, 100%. So, that, yeah. My daughter, she will be out, she will know from day one that she is a badass. She yes. is strong. Exactly. She is just that she can be just as much of a badass as anybody there is on the face of the earth. Yeah. And Brighten nobody, the badass. I'm I love that. This woman, she's going to be tough. I promise you that. I know she is. This one, that, that girl is going to be tough because I'm going to make sure she wears turtlenecks and sweatpants <laughs> for the rest of her life. Um, and that's it. No, because Jenny loves fashion. She's yeah, going right. to be fashionable. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm I know still what you fighting mean. for the I turtlenecks and sweatpants. The Velma Dinkley approach. I respect that. Yes. Know your line, people. Know your character know line. It. Know your integrity. Find Do it if you don't not have it. cross it. Exactly. Third segment coming up on Second Shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you would like to cut your power bill in half tomorrow, go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code WATCHCHAD. I will tell you that I have saved over 65% on my first year using energyogre.com. They do all the work for you, and they save you money at the same time, so you never have to worry about it again. Again, go to energyogre.com, promo code WATCHCHAD, and save some money. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCN. So what's funny, we were just talking about the things of how you know you made it. And I had one that wasn't too long ago that was hilarious. In my office building, I'm walking down and I'm down on the floor going to the elevator. Mm-hmm. And um, as I'm going on, these two ladies are walking off and they go, Hey, how do I know you look familiar? Is your wife, Jenny Ann Chondo, with Fox 4? I'm like, yes, she sure is. I'm like... How you know it is whenever people go, oh, I know you, your wife is I'm like, yes yes, 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 that is her. Yes. <laughs> but Tiffany, I want you to tell, uh, I want you to tell everybody a little bit more about you, kind of your story and, um, and, and kind of some of the things that you're doing, some of the things you have coming up that maybe some of our listeners may be interested in, in getting involved in, but get to know you a little bit more. Thank you. Thank you. I was one of those young girls here in Texas that had big dreams, even though my first house was a trailer. Yep. I'm from a real trailer park. It was a nice trailer park. It wasn't I like eight it, mile. I call them like manufactured a... housing communities. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, great family. I've got a sister. My parents are still married. And you just had big dreams, big dreams. I, I just wanted to see the world. I was one of those National Geographic kids that just I couldn't wait to get my grandpa's National Geographic. And that was my big thing. I wanted to see the world. Tried college, went to college on an art scholarship thought art was going to be my life. And even though I'm on the shorter side, I knew that modeling was going to be my ticket out of the trailer park, so to speak. And I started traveling the world and, and finding that I loved being in front of the camera, any way, shape or form doing commercials, anything like that ended up Leanne Locken from the show, uh, from Real Housewives. She and I were both Houston girls. We moved here to Dallas in 94 and I thought that was like, I'm going to the big, scary city, right. you know what I mean? I was like, DFW. The big D. Yeah. And uh, moved here, did a lot of modeling, and again, that itch to go even bigger. So I, you know, loaded up the wagon and headed out to L.A., headed west. Yep. And had a great career. I was really fortunate that um, Tiffany from Texas, I don't look like a normal Texan because I'm, you know, part Japanese, I'm Czechoslovakian, two tribes of Native American. <laughs> so I would open my mouth and the casting director's like, wait, that. That's, That's not how not I what you they would expected. Sound. So I, you really use that, um, probably like you do. Yes, hundred percent. Use that twang a little bit. I do. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a, I honestly it don't know how to do point. it any other way, yeah. but I just own it. <laughs> I, I did have an agent say, you know what, you've got to really, you've got to get rid of that. You've got to get a dialect coach. And I did, and I could turn it off when I want to. But uh, fortunate to work on a lot of TV shows, figured out that, you know, that Southern, that Southern thing that women have, that self-deprecating mm-hmm. thing really worked to my advantage. And I started TV hosting. Yep. Did a lot of things. Long story short, that dream had come true, right? Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> I'm getting the paycheck. I'm on all the different networks. And I was miserable. Really? Yes, I was miserable. And that's why finding your purpose and one dream you start out on, is it could be the bridge to the next dream because that was not it for me. I, there was something more. And, and don't you think that's the key that a lot of people miss is that, honestly, the journey is the most important. The des- there is no that destination. That is not a cliche. There is no destination. Yeah, the, the, I always say it's the journey because there is no destination. Yes. That's not even like bringing, like there's zero destination. Yes. It's an ongoing deal. Absolutely. Enjoy the journey. Absolutely. And so I had a lot of things happen in my past just, you know, from dad, daddy issues, mm-hmm. have a great dad, but just didn't have a great relationship with him. Had some traumatic things happen to me that I hadn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. So I was carrying a lot of baggage, putting on this, you know, facade of, wow, my friend's back home. The family's yep. seeing me on TV. Yeah. And she's made it and all yep. that kind of stuff. But um, I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't making it. I was slowly dying. And yeah. I did. I hit a rock bottom moment, got caught up in drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. because of the things that I was trying to mask and numb yep. myself. And it was a beautiful thing because I had just finished a TV show, had a lot of money in the bank, came here in 2002 to Dallas to sober up. I call it marinating in my shit. Yeah, I like Based that. my shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, marinated it in it for a little bit. And I think that's one of the w- most wonderful, freeing things that a woman could do. Any human being mm-hmm. is when you've got things that you're keeping, you're bottling, you're pushing down, um, is actually face that demon and unleash it. And that's where the healing starts. Yeah. So in 2002, I did that. Ended up going back to L.A. and trying to figure out why do I want, why do I have this longing to work in front of the camera? Well, started doing a lot of different things, trying to hone and figure out what that was. Yeah. I started teaching young girls uh, teenage development class. I uh, started working in a boutique. There's nothing more daunting for a woman yeah. than to, to be naked in a dressing room with her. Yeah. So just the vulnerability. And then the YouTube craze started. So here I am. I, hey, I can take this into my own hands. And if I want to have a show that empowers women, then... Let me start this YouTube thing. Make my own. Yeah. And so a lot of trial and error. It's called Sanctuary of Style. Yep. It was my baby because I had a lot of friends that would come in and literally help me help me get dressed for my date. Yeah. And then they would be in the closet with me and they're like, you know what? I'm having so much fun in here. I don't even care if I go on the date. Yeah. And I just started noticing just the, that I really lit up. You know, you have to find those things that light you up that you literally could do without getting paid for, that just that heat in your belly that gets you excited. I loved seeing women stand up a little taller and like walk out of the store, walk out of my closet, and they just had that pep in their step. They had that swagger. They felt good about themselves. And I knew then that I was like, I'm a confidence builder. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I want to help make women feel like that all the time. Why do we have to just, when we put on a pretty dress, why can't we own that every single day of our life? So yep. that set me out on a journey that, you know, led me to where I am now. And I've built, I've built Sanctuary of Style. I have followers all over the world. And now I'm actually, those followers started contacting me and saying, you know, I love your energy. I know your past. 
if you can do it, I want to do it. Can you coach me? And I was like, I don't know. Am I worthy? I I don't know what What I'm doing. You know what I mean? What year did you and Aaron meet? We met in, I actually dated Aaron's friend. Gotcha. Yeah, so I knew of him, hung out. He had a big mansion. The record label put him in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, But he was a good boy. Yeah. So I didn't have my eyes on him. I had my eyes on his bad boyfriends. And then about three years after I'd come here, marinated in my chisel, (laughs) went back uh, that year and a half that I said I was single. Uh, ran into him on the street in really? 2003. And we all ran into each other. How long after that did y'all get married? Four months. Four months. They ran into four each other on the street months. four months later. So I, re- I realized last month, <laughs> in October, I was like, baby, oh my gosh. 14 years ago this month, we started dating. So in February, we'll have our 14th <laughs> wedding That's anniversary. That's crazy. See, I was thinking about this the other day. There's something to be said for, of course, the wedding anniversary. But also, yeah, the first met. Or first date anniversary yeah. that that kind of gets swept by the wayside. It's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was actually a v- very pivotal part of when you set out on doing your purpose, wanting to be a better person. You want to find that line. You know all those things. When you make that small little decision, you know I'm gonna have some belief in myself. Mm-hmm. I know I'm I'm made for more. I always knew I was made for more. So just because you start in the trailer park doesn't mean you have to end up in the trailer park. And Aaron was a pivotal part of my healing process. Because God let me guess loved this. him through me. Yeah, let me guess this. Through him. God loved me through him. Were there times that you believed that Aaron believed in you more than you did? All the time. Okay, so. All the time. So that that's, I always tell, like, one of the biggest things, sometimes you have to believe in others' belief in you before you can believe in yes. yourself. And then, oh, yeah. like, I believe now that, I believe that the success that I reached is, is, very minimal to what I'm going to be able to do now since I met Jenny. Absolutely. Since Jenny and I being together, I feel like it's such has been such a um, powerful deal of the belief factor that absolutely that, that we infuse in each other, and I think that's so important with finding that person. Oh, it's so important, and a lot of the women I'm coaching now, like I mentioned earlier, um, they are either newly divorced or just want to start dating the right guys, but they know they've got to find that belief in them. So me showing a little belief. Yep. And her starts, I, I call it like I'm igniter. Yep. I'm a passion igniter. Yep. And that little, where yep. she just needs that flame. And then I fan that flame. And then she's shining and loving herself. She's going to attract that right person that's going to help fl- fan her flame. It's really powerful. You do. You when have you to meet believe in the you. right person yep. that believes in you and the teamwork that it takes. Because marriage ain't easy. Mm. But when it's the right person, you do truly become who God destined you to be. If you're with, and if you're with anybody who doesn't make you feel better, it's not a good person it's like, to be with. I know. I'm that's like not a the good truck person. backing up. Yes. Boop, boop, boop. That's the worst to Energy. be with. I'm like, you're a repellent, and I'm backing up now. Got to go. Somebody has to be help infuse you yes. with the power in yes. it. And, and my wife does that with me, and I hope that I always do that for her. And I hope that my daughter, like I always said, I'm going to treat my wife so well that my daughter will never date any guy that is bad because she you only will bar. see a you bar so bar. high exactly. that I wish more she's dads only would do going that. to have an expectation yes. of the greatest, even when she's wearing her turtleneck and sweatpants, <laughs> you know? Um, she but can one, still look hot in here, a turtleneck. Here's one of the things I, I want to talk about, too, that you said was a lot of people will sit around, they always, this is always that question, well, how do I find what I'm passionate about? Get off your damn couch and go do stuff. You know what? What you just went through when your story was, 
You went through a hundred things that you went through trying. I even started a network marketing company with a skincare because I was like, I was entrepreneurial, you but I had been a model. You did everything. Right. I had been a model forever. So I had agents doing my deals and things like that, but I, I had that entrepreneurial spirit, but I didn't have a business mind. So I started working with a network marketing company to learn some entrepreneurial business skills at the same time. And all of that combined has led up to me being able to do a it, business here in Dallas. It's very simple. It is one of those things that, um, I like always say, you know what? I ne I never bitch about winning the lottery because I don't play it, okay? But if I play it twice a year or you play it 200 times a year, who has the best exactly. chance of winning? Exactly, okay? exactly. So so if you go out and try one thing a year or I try 20 things a year, <laughs> who you think's winning? I'm going to be luckier yes. than you. Yes. The ball yes. has 20 more time, 19 more times of a chance mm -hmm. to bounce my way than it does yours. Yes. The, the simple part of success is – I screwed up more than you have. Mm -hmm. That's why the ball bounced yes. my way. Yes, I that, firmly believe that. Get out there and try things. If you're interested in it, and some people think, say, oh, my gosh, you would be great at this. You would be great at that. You know what? Try it. And it may not be for you. Absolutely. Go on to the next thing. Look at all your gifts and talents. I have women write out their, their strengths. What are you good at? What do people tell you you're good at? Even if you think you okay, have no you interest, know, if right. you have no interest, just try it. Yep. If it's not going to harm you in any way, Right, it. exactly. Firm believer in it. Anything that you have coming up, where can they find you? Um, yes, on I just had a workshop. So now that I've been here, I had the YouTube channel, was a working TV host forever. And finding in Dallas, people were like, oh my gosh, how did you start a YouTube channel? How did you get into TV hosting? Never thought I'd really coach it, yeah. but I loved you know, teaching. You go back to what you wanted to be when you were eight years yeah, old, yeah. and I made all my cousins play teacher or yeah. school, and I had to be the teacher. So I do workshops for women. I've, I've honed it now for women only because I find that when a woman wants to start a business, it comes from a very emotional, spiritual place, mm -hmm. um, from a passion. Yep. So it's kind of a spiritual workshop combined with business and social media on camera presence. And I'm really loving it. I coach women one on one, but I still do uh, Sanctuary of Style. That's my first love is actually being in front of the camera um, and sharing my tips uh, with so if they to enrich their life, whatever it is to enrich a woman's life. So if they wanted to maybe reach out to you about one of your um, workshops or about some mm -hmm. coaching, where would they Tiffanyhunter.com. You can find everything there. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. You know where to look me up at, guys, at Ignorance on Fire and at Heath Oaks. And uh, thank you for coming in and taking Thanks the time. I know this, this was, was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a blast. I loved it. And remember, guys, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Send us any questions, answers, anything that you've got. Leave us a rating review, share it with your friends, and we love y'all. Have a good day. Bye.